Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. It's Monday review time with Jason, the special guest. What's up? This, this is a... Uh... Shocking for some, probably. You're never on the review pod. It's to be honest, for you, Tim. it's shocking for me as well. We just yeah, have to do. Tim it. had some stuff to deal with, so it's me and Jay here for you today. Yeah, and I'm the one in charge of the drops and stuff because I'm the one with the um little Zoom thing that we used to record. So Michael just gave me a little boot camp rundown on how to use this thing. Yeah, and These you guys drops. know I suck at it typically, so Jason's just gonna be awful. Oh, I'm gonna be so bad. Almost as awful. I just need to get this out on the table before we review anything. As the primetime games this week. Dude, to go from Packers 49ers to the slobber knocker that was... Like, people thought Bucks saints was going to be a good game. Then that bullshit happens. And now, tonight, we're supposed to watch Jets and Patriots and be excited? Yeah, and yo, I was... I, for whatever reason, I guess... Were the Saints favorites or underdogs? Because I was like... I'm not sure. I was like, yo, New... New Orleans is going to win this game. And then the pregame, every single one of the, like, seven guys, Tony Dungy and whatever, all those people, Ronnie Harrison, all chose the Bucks. I was like, what's going on right now? I was like, no wonder these guys' records suck all the time. I think they're all, like, at 500. <laughs> uh, just choosing the winner, not even the spread or something, just choosing the winner. It's mad funny. But, yeah. And then, the, as we saw, the Saints absolutely dominated. In our home league, I'm playing against Tim. Me and him are likely to put up two of the top scores this week, so it's a bit of a slugfest. Fuck you talking about, get... boy. I'm going to be first. I said up there. You're you guys will first. be second yeah, and, and then third. And Tim might be second and third, depending on the outcome of this game. I need Cam Newton to score 14 points to beat Tim. It would have been a lot more likely too. in, like, week four. I know. It's a pretty big but game, But against too. the Jets, I, I see it happening. I hope so. I definitely do. Uh, also... First time, I mean, all right, let's just hop into the headlines because right now we're going over headlines. So let's take it away to the drop with Donnie H. Those headlines? Donnie H. Donnie H. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Motherfucking Donnie H. Coming through. Nothing like some Monday evening Donnie H. I love me some Donnie H. I'm not going to lie to you, my man. So the headline I was going to get to first. First time in his career, Tom Brady has been swept by an intra-division opponent. The fact that that is the first time has ever happened is one of the more mind-boggling Tom Brady stats. And he is chock full of mind-boggling stats. It's crazy. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy that it happened the one time he was in a... Um, division with another Hall of Fame quarterback, but still. And not for nothing, the Saints have dominated them both times. Like, their defense is causing huge fits for Tom Brady and the Bucks' offense. So if they end up meeting in the playoffs, Buccaneers fans probably got to be a little bit worried because the Saints seem to have his number because both games have not even been relatively close at all. Yeah. Yeah, if they, see, if they meet each other in the playoffs, the Saints seem to have the edge on them at the moment. The next... Headline, of course, has to go back to Christian McCaffrey. Um, Matt Rule called him day-to-day, which typically means it's not too bad. But then Ian Rappaport reported that his status for Week 10 is very much in doubt. This is due to his shoulder injury. 
Yeah, dude, when did CMC get hurt again? Uh, it was I at the it was at the end that. of the game. It was the Very play where he caught like a little out route, got tackled right at the first down marker and landed on his shoulder. You could see him like grab it right after. Hmm. Yeah, it was at the end of the game. Maybe that's why Mike Davis was playing in that last drive a little bit more than you'd expect. Oh, okay, that does make a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, where else are we? Uh, 25-year-old Tack McKinley, former first-round pick, released by the Falcons. I just want to say that because he was a former first-round pick. Um, but back to actual fantasy-oriented stuff. Um, the Steelers had a positive to- COVID test today, but it's Monday, so we'll see what goes on there. And Jake Glutton for a Lutton is expected to start again in Week 10. Luton played uh, decently well, man, and he loved DJ Chark. So you're going to hear a little bit more about that yeah. soon. Um, Kenyon Drake still day-to-day. Apparently day-to-day means likely out these days. I don't know when that happened, or I'm just behind the trend. But uh, LaVisca Chenault has a chance to suit up for Week 10, so consider him day-to-day. <laughs> Actually and, day-to-day. Yeah, and uh, Justin Jackson hurt at the beginning of the Chargers game. And Kalen Balage comes out of the woodwork and has a decent game. Yeah, like Tremaine Pope didn't play. He was inactive for that game. But to see that lack of trust in Joshua Kelly, dude, to just make Kalen Balage the lead guy, that absolutely blew my mind. That's yeah. just... Like yeah, they really am... they are are souring on Josh Kelly, it seems. Yeah, a little word of advice um, if you're in a league that you could do this. I had Josh Kelly in a league, and I saw him doing nothing, even with Eckler and Jackson out. So I said, fuck it. And I dropped it him for the Saints defense because the Saints are playing the 49ers in Week 10. I dropped it him, you said. I dropped it <laughs> him because the Saints hadn't played yet. So always keep an eye out on that if you're able to do that. Um, the Saints defense crushed Tampa Bay. Yeah, absolutely crushed them. Uh, Kyle Allen going to undergo season-ending ankle injury. So similar to Dak Prescott, that's sad to see. That's another... He was getting another shot. Even though he wasn't playing like a franchise quarterback, it's still sad to see. Yeah. Um, I think Albert that's about o. it. Torn ACL for Albert O. Oh, that sucks, too. Albert Guanum or whatever his name is. That, that, yeah, that's that stinks. Oh. Having a decent rookie year for a tight end. Oh, Albert O. Um, Tim called me today and told me to say this. So that's how you know he really wanted to um, get this out. <laughs> Talking about Kalen Balazs. She goes, yo, what was that movie... With Dane Cook and Jessica Alba. And I was like, oh, Employee of the Month. Because that's a, that's a pretty funny movie. And no, I was like, no, wait, Jessica that's Simpson, exactly. Not... I was like, no, wait, that's yeah. Jessica Simpson. He goes, no, wait, it might be Ryan Reynolds. The one where, like, he, the girl he dates, they marry the next person they date. Remember that one? Good Luck Chuck. Good Luck Chuck. You nailed it. Yeah. So Tim ended up remembering it was Good Luck Chuck. And he goes... Bro, please talk about Kalen Balaj and talk about how Adam Gase is good luck Chuck for players. <laughs> that's actually that's pretty. It's solid. a good. It's a good. It's a good one. So every time the player ends up with Adam Gase, when they leave, they are much better. They find their Way better. Find their significant other. Uh, and yeah, then in great. other COVID news, before I move on, real quick, <laughs> Jamal Williams activated from the list. Uh, Kendrick Bourne on it. So who knows what's going on there? He's back on it after like. What? Yeah. Um, Vance McDonald on the COVID list. So that was the player who tested positive. Uh, I think that's about it for COVID at the moment. Vance refrigeration, huh? Vance refrigeration. Uh, With that being said, Michael, what's the next one? Saw that coming from a mile away? 
We saw that coming. Saw that coming from a mile away. Dude. (laughs) And that's how you were to drop people. It played like three times in a row. I finally press play and then it stops. So now here's the drop. I saw that coming from a mile away. I saw that coming from a mile away. All right, so that might have been the second or third time you hear that. Maybe the fourth, maybe the first. Maybe we didn't hear it at all. But um, I'm having a little having a little fun with this Zoom thing over here. I'm a I'm a rook. What can I say? Yeah, Jason's unsure if you guys heard the drop once or twice, and I'm unsure because I don't hear it on my end either. I'm gonna listen after this and see. Maybe I played it none times at all. None's not. That's not English. All right, so uh, saw that coming from a mile away. Who are the people we saw coming from a mile away? Michael, get us first. To start, uh, my first we saw that coming is a guy who played against the fantasy-wise elite Washington football team secondary. A guy who is just, there's not enough room for him to eat in the offense anymore with the return of Sterling Shepard, and it's Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton has put up 3.3, 8.1, and 1.3 ever since Stone Shepard has come back as the alpha in that offense. And Evan Ingram's role is growing. And not for nothing, Daniel Jones continues to look better each week targeting Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram as his main targets. Darius Slayton gets Philly next week and then a bye week. It's going to be really hard to roster Darius Slayton the next two weeks because I'm not going to want to play him against Philly with the way that Offense is going even in a good matchup, and then you'd have to hold him through a bye, too. He is someone I think is could be a cut candidate, but for this week, we were low on Slayton. We thought this was more than likely to be another one of his bust games, and that's exactly what it was. One catch for six yards and a rush attempt for two yards. A very ugly performance. Yeah, he's been boom-bust throughout his career, but with Sterling Shepard recently, it's bust on bust on bust. Yeah. Uh, so my first saw that coming from a mile away. Um, so I wasn't on Wednesday's pod this week. Uh, so it's you gonna have to just take me on my word here. And I told Michael earlier in the week that I was upset that Matt Stafford was gonna play because I felt like Chase Daniel was a better quarterback for that game. Um, for T.J. Hawkinson to feast, and Matt Stafford ended up playing. Hawk wasn't doing much, and then Chase Daniel came in. Threw him a touchdown. This did happen. Boom. I turned to Michael. I was like, look, Daniel LaHawk. <laughs> when we saw it. So uh, I loved TJ Hawkinson as a top like top four option last week. Uh, besides that touchdown, he didn't do too much, but he's probably going to end up as a top seven tight end this season. I mean, this yeah, week. Ha- <clears throat> Hawkinson has been one of the more um, trustworthy tight ends this year. Like the dude's either gonna get you yards or a touchdown. Like it's it's been it's been nice rostering T.J. Hawkinson. He's almost a lock for a top ten performance every single week. But uh, my second, we saw that coming. Mister Brandon Cooks, someone we liked a lot throughout the offseason, true value wise, and Brandon Cooks we had ranked as a very solid wide receiver too this week, and that's exactly what happened against Jacksonville. Only three receptions, which is a little bit concerning. But then you see he had 83 yards on those receptions, a touchdown, and nine targets. So although he wasn't connecting with Deshaun Watson as much as you liked, he was still getting the looks. He still scored the touchdown. He was 83 yards on three receptions. is just glorious. That's uh, over 27 yards per reception. And uh, I don't see why his role in the offense would sputter going forward. I mean, they got Cleveland next week. 
New England, you'd expect if Gilmore's back, he's going to be covering Will Fuller. Detroit, Indy, like they got a, they don't have the most difficult schedule either the rest of the season outside of New England and Chicago. So Brandon Cooks, his stock ever since that donut game has been strictly on the rise. And uh, he's looking like a guy you basically have to play at this point every week. Yeah, man, he was that cheap wide receiver, too, that we were touting in the offseason. It may have taken some time to come to fruition, but the man's feasting. And Deshaun Watson is playing amazing football. Yeah. Just amazing football. My last, uh, we saw that coming for the week. Uh, Tim and Michael talked him up a little bit as well. I had him a little bit higher in my rankings, but I think we all had him as a back-end QB1. Drew Locke, we certainly saw that coming. Um at this point, you want to start your quarterbacks against Atlanta, and that's especially when, because Atlanta is an offense that's been rolling, and they've lost games late, so they put up a lot of points early, and then teams have to throw against them, and that's what Drew Locke did. He had the fantasy day of his life. He attempted 48 passes, only completed 25 of them, but who cares, because that's not where you get your fantasy points. Yeah, sneak peek, his true values weren't too high in this one, but... He still put up a huge day. Yeah, because he also had 47 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. So when you're contributing on your with your legs like that, he threw for over 300 yards, I think, for the first time in his career, two passing touchdowns. We saw Drew Locke coming. Fire up those quarterbacks against Atlanta. Unfortunately, Atlanta has a bye next week. So you're going to have to pick a different streamer next week. Gosh darn it. Yeah, it really sucks. Well, this I mean, week, back, back-to-back weeks where Drew Locke was awful in the first half and absolutely exploded in the second half. Who do they get next week, uh, Denver? I'm not entirely sure. i got to look it up real quick. But maybe he's going to be a playable asset. They're again, playing they Las get... Vegas. Yeah, against Las Vegas, it's certainly a beatable secondary. Back-to-back weeks, putting up over 20 against Chargers and the Falcons. Another exploitable secondary with Las Vegas. Maybe you uh, just fire up Drew Locke again. Some fries, motherfucker. <laughs> Some fries, motherfucker. Surprise, motherfucker. You know what's funny? I kind of just like, I'm not supposed to be prefacing the drops. Am I? <laughs> yeah, not really. Tim always makes fun of me because I come out of the drops just basically repeating the drops. And I guess your thing is going into the drops, yeah, just so... saying the drops. It's exciting stuff. Hilarious. Hearing people that aren't our voices on the podcast. Yeah, Johnny H is the best one, but we just got to sit back and listen. Yeah. Uh, surprise. Uh, Surprise, Michael. What was one person that surprised you this week? Yeah, someone that surprised me, surprised you, surprised Tim, surprised the world. <sighs> Jamichael Hasty. Jamichael, mother. Yo, Kyle Shanahan. What the fuck, man? In typical Kyle Shanahan fashion, Jamichael Hasty goes and plays like 10 snaps, gets six touches against the Green Bay Packers after being the lead guy running the ball. For three weeks now, when Tevin Coleman slash Raheem Mostert slash Jeff Wilson have been out. Like, he has not had less than nine rushes since week five when he was inactive. And then he goes into Green Bay in a great running landscape. And he gets four rush attempts. Three yards, two targets, two receptions, ten yards. Just a dreadful day for Jermichael Hasty And Jarek McKinnon, as we know, ended up being the lead guy. I guess his... uh. His sore legs were no longer sore because uh, he ended up being the biggest beneficiary of the good matchup as he ran for 52 yards on 12 rushes, ran for a touchdown, four targets, three receptions, 16 yards. But uh, yeah, we thought Jermichael Hasty had solid RB2 value this week, and that certainly was not the case. 
It's upsetting because, I mean, McKinnon put up 15 points. He was RB2. We were just supposed to be yeah. hasty. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, someone who did end as an RB2, someone surprised us. And it's not even a surprise in that he was useful because he has been, but just I'll j- J.D. McKissick. Like, this guy has been getting work for the Washington football team. But last week, in case you didn't know, J.D. McKissick had 14 targets, people. Absolutely 14. Absurd. What? Like, he was seeing like five to seven targets per game. Fun fact, before this week passed, where Alex Smith came in for the injured Kyle Allen, J.D. McKissick's season high in targets was eight in the game that Alex Smith started. Interesting. Alex Smith is a dump-off machine these days to J.D. McKissick. Also, and- fun fact... Antonio Gibson has played on one third down all season. Yeah, and he was badly outsnapped by JD McKissick in this week's game against the Giants. Both of JD McKissick's double digit performances this year have come against the New York Giants. But yeah, it does not seem like Washington came out of the bye looking for Antonio Gibson to have a bigger role because, this, if anything, a smaller role. It seems backwards. Antonio Gibson comes in for the goal line touches, but he won't get a third down look. But anyway. Um, with Alex Smith at the helm, Detroit next week. Gibson as basically the goal line back and being as productive as he is, he's going to be a good RB back in RB two flex play, and I think McKissick's also going to be in that territory. Yeah, I mean he's been he's kind of earned it at this point, especially in PPR leagues because he's he could have games like this against the Giants, especially now with Alex Smith set to be the quarterback for basically the remainder of the season as well. And Alex Smith played a lot better this time around than he did last time. Who else surprised you, brother? My second surprise is a tandem from the same team. First off, Pittsburgh defense. Look, seven points is cool and all, but to play against Garrett Gilbert and the Dallas Cowboys and only score seven fantasy points, like everyone thought this was going to be a 20-plus fantasy game, and ended up uh, Pittsburgh was the team being shut out by halftime. I don't know what happened in that game. And then the other side of the ball for Pitt is James Conner. What a terrible performance, too, on the ground against Dallas. Nine rushes, 22 yards, two receptions, negative two yards, no touchdowns. I don't know what that was about. He only played 46% of the snaps. I know they were down uh, going into the second half, and they became very pass-heavy, but James Conner typically has a decent role in the passing game as well. So that was uh, it was shocking to see James Conner struggle that much and Pittsburgh defense struggle that much against Garrett Gilbert and company. Yeah, that was a weird game. Weird Very game. Weird. I'm not going to lie to you. They were one 30-yard touchdown at the last minute from losing the game. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Uh, my last surprise, surprise, I'm staying in the AFC uh, Central with another team tandem. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Uh, everyone wanted to hop on the Dobbins train because Ingram is out. He had over 100 yards last week. At the end of the day, J.K. Dobbins has double-digit fantasy points only two times in the first nine weeks. He went up to Indy and turned that into 12 for 30 with two catches for five yards. And typically, you think 14 touches on the Ravens is a good thing, but this Ravens, off- this Ravens offense has been sputtering. Lamar Jackson has not been playing very well. Um also, fun fact, Nick Boyle has outscored Mark Andrews over the last three weeks. 
So who knows what's going on with that offense? So I could have put that in the surprise, surprise as well. Nick Boyle outscoring Mark Andrews. Um, so right now it's looking like Dobbins is not the answer for your fantasy team, and it's because Gus Edwards is the goal line back. So even in a bad game for him as well, 11 rushes for 23 yards, he even caught two passes and got the goal line rush. And if anything, and if we know anything about Ravens running backs, it's probably that one of them is going to fall into the end zone. And right now, that person is Gus Edwards. Yeah, Gus the bus doing Gus the bus things. I was a, uh, I'm very upset at myself because I sat on the pod. I know the love fest with um, with what's it called with J.K. Dobbins is is going crazy right now. But I prefer Gus Edwards this week. And throughout the throughout the week, I ended up swapping them in my rankings and. Stupid, stupid. I should have listened to myself more on that one. Yeah, uh, definitely ranking Gus higher this week. So there's the surprise. But all of them struggled, including Doyle and Andrews, if you want to throw that in there. What's next? It's a long one. I can't repeat this one, so I'm just going to play it. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John... Our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. John. Let's do it, John. <laughs> the stocks, John. The stocks, Bobby. That one gets you hype. That one is a long one. It is a long one. Yeah. It gets you hype. Almost as much as the stock down gets you upset. So some sad. things are going up. Michael, who is going up? Yeah, my first uh, stock rising is someone, look, you got to adapt in the fantasy world, and this is not someone I thought I would be on this season, and I was very far off of him uh, for the most part. And then it seems like we jumped on ship earlier than most of the crowd in this case on a guy that we typically disliked. This is why I'm saying you got to be fluid with your fantasy analysis. And in that, I'm talking about Curtis Samuel, who just had a ginormous game against Kansas City, three rush attempts for 13 yards, nine targets, nine receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. It said prior to the Atlanta game, they the Carolina Panthers released Seth Roberts, who was splitting slot work with Curtis Samuel. That ended up going to Curtis Samuel after that. He had that huge game against Atlanta with the two touchdowns, 19.4 fantasy points, and then he followed that up with this big game against KC, probably the best game of his career. And he now has three straight games with a touchdown. New Orleans, he found the score on the ground. Same with Atlanta. So they're trying to get him involved in the ground, too. He had three rush attempts against KC. This is four straight games. Uh, excuse me, three straight games where he's put up at least 14 points. He gets Tampa Bay next week, which is not the best um, not the best situation for him. But the dude has just been balling out over these past three weeks. And it's going to be, if you roster Curtis Samuel, it's going to be tough not to at least consider him in your wide receiver three or flex spot after how involved he's been in that offense over the past three weeks. I agree. You could argue we hopped how DJ well Moore in the pecking order. Yeah. You you can argue that. Especially he, if CMC does miss time, Curtis Samuel is probably going to be even more involved. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, my first stock up is Chase Claypool. Uh from the moment it looked like Deontay Johnson returned, Chase Claypool had one target, put up a dud, caught one ball for negative two receiving yards. So in standard, he actually got you negative points. And then last week, it looked like things were looking up a little bit. He had nine targets, although he lost a fumble. So sometimes rookies lose fumbles and they lose playing time. So you're 
a little weary. And then last week against Dallas, he led the team with 13 targets. Um, so I'm picking Claypool for my stock up, even though this might seem odd because his stock has been rising for a few weeks now. There was a dip in it, and I think these last few weeks we've seen that Claypool is going to be around to stay and is going to be at least a wide receiver three for you the rest of the season, even with Deontay and Juju healthy. Yeah. Uh, Chase Claypool continues to look like a stud, too. Like, watching him play, the dude is nice. Like, it's clear that he's going to be a a big-time receiver for a lot of years to come. And I don't know how this shit's going to play out from week to week, man, because that offense looked awful in the first half against Dallas. Finally found some life in the second half. I do... I, I agree with you that Claypool's looking up target-wise. I just I think there may be a few more dud games coming with the way that offense is throwing the ball around. Deontay Johnson, Juju, Ebron, Connor. But time will tell. Uh, my second stock rising, DJ Chark. DJ Chark. Seven receptions, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Nothing for the glutton. And what do we know about DJ Chark? It's that... He was fed up with Gardner Minshew, and he just wanted the ball thrown his way, and we didn't know what to expect here with Jake Luton coming in, and Jake Luton's plan was to throw the ball to DJ Chark a lot. It started with the first drive and a 74-yard touchdown pass to DJ Chark. Someone asked me, this was probably the earliest victory lap we were ever able to take on Twitter, Chark or Slayton. I said Chark, and yeah. Chark ended with over 25 points, and Slayton ended with one catch. But, yeah, he thanked us on Twitter at, like, 108 after the <laughs> touchdown to start the day. I was like, this might be the earliest thank you tweet we've ever gotten. Nice. That's how it's done. <laughs> yeah, I think DJ Chark, he gets Green Bay next week and Jair Alexander, which is a tough matchup. But then Pitt, Cleveland, Minnesota, Tennessee in a four-game stretch, all teams that are in the bottom 10 in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And if Jake Luton's just going to keep targeting – DJ Chark, 10-plus times a game. We know how talented the dude is. So I think his uh, stock is certainly on the rise from what it was after those very down weeks he's been having. Also, we will likely discuss it on Wednesday or whatnot. But on that note, Jair Alexander is in the concussion protocol. So it might be a much softer matchup than it seems if that's the case. Very interesting. So I just wanted to note that. Uh, my next stock rising, I'm sticking with the wide receivers again because it seems like Herbert is expanding his throws a little bit, and that's Mike Williams. Um, I am not 100% sold yet, but I am taking notice uh, because I always stated that, well, not always, Herbert's a rookie. I This season I've been stating that Herbert is a funnel quarterback, which just means he throws to a few targets, and that's about it. Um, Keenan Allen, for sure, is going to see a shitload of work. Jeez Louise. Um, Hunter Henry has definitely seen his share of targets, and the running back has seen his share of targets. But what happened was Justin Jackson went down. They didn't really have someone who could catch the ball because Kalen Balage is Balage. They do. And uh, Mike Williams ended up with seven targets. And the week before that, he had uh, how many targets? I think it was like 12 or something. I just had him here, and now I lost him. So I, either way, he's had a decent amount of targets two games in a row now. It was eight targets the week before. So eight targets. 
and uh, eight targets again in week five before the bye. So he's only had one down week in three of the last four, and Justin Herbert is playing like a man possessed. Uh, yeah, and I was saying on last week's pod that I think we may be seeing the passing of the guard from the funnel Herbert passing offense of Herbert of Hunter Henry to uh, Mike Williams. And Hunter Henry ended up seeing seven targets last week, but again, a very unproductive day. Out only of four the week before. Yeah, super unproductive day for Hunter Henry once again. So, yeah, I'm all aboard the Mike Williams train. I think this is going to continue on. And uh, he's somebody who you might end up just being able to use as like a top 30 wide receiver the rest of the way with the way that offense is rolling. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Who's your last one? Then my last stock up, rookie wide receiver. First big game. Granted, it was against Atlanta, but it was nice to see Jerry Judy. Judy has seen 14, he saw 14 targets against Atlanta, seven receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Huge game for the rookie. CD Lamb-esque with Dak Prescott, might I say. But yeah, he uh, prior to that, 10 targets against the Chargers, four receptions, 73 yards. So back-to-back, very big games. Um, both games, Drew Locke targeted him the most of all the players on the team. And now they get Las Vegas, Miami, and New Orleans the next three weeks, which are not difficult matchups and games where Denver is likely going to need to be passing a lot. And Jerry Judy is looking like he's stepping up to be that breakout wide rookie wide receiver that could really help you down the stretch because we all know Jerry Judy was a stud at Alabama, and there's a reason why he was the first wide receiver drafted off the board, and he really put that into play this week against Atlanta. Jerry Judy is just good at football. Yes. Like, sometimes they're just people who are good at football, and that is Jerry Judy. My uh, my last sell high is the person I'm least ecstatic about. This is more stock of a... Stock rising. Stock rising. Sorry. Sell high. Jeez, that's the opposite take. Um, Someone I'm the least excited about, but someone who you have to take note of, that's Zach Moss. Um, It seems like there's a little changing of the guard here in Buffalo, and... It also seems like Buffalo is not really using running backs. I said it uh, a couple weeks back as well. Buffalo just doesn't really run that much, and that's why it's hard to trust a running back. But if you're going to trust one, it's going to be the person who gets the goal line carries. And now Zach Moss last week. It's been Zach Moss. Um, it seems like he's becoming the goal line back there, and he also is uh, gets a decent amount of passing game work. Last week, Singletary had three targets. Moss had two. So they're a little even-footed there, but typically Moss sees a few more targets. And... Um, in a game where the Seahawks only ran the ball three times in the first half, Zach Moss still ended up with 11.8 half PPR points because he had two catches and a touchdown. So Bills if you're going to start Seahawks. a Bills running back, it's probably Moss for now on, although I don't I don't love them. you got to take note because there's a changing of the guard going on in Buffalo. Yeah, I ranked Moss higher than uh, Singletary starting from this week. I had Moss as a solid RB2. I mean, he gets... He basically splits early down work, gets more pass catching work, and gets goal line work at this point. So I don't even think it's up for a discussion. Devin Singletary, man, we we like Devin Singletary, but he really squandered his opportunity this year when given the chance, unfortunately. I still think he's a good back. He's just not. Well, this year he has not been able to take advantage. He can't get into the end zone. That's the problem. Just got stuffed. But now Tim, wow, I called you Tim. But now Jay. Let's end this on a sour note as we always do with our stock down. Time for the sad one.
The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. This is what happens, John. This is what happens when you just give mortgages to anyone, John. <laughs> so that's the other end of John. The stock's going down. Stock yeah. down. Michael, who do you got? My first stock down, man, is the Kansas City backfield. Man, they have not been a dynamic duo by any means. They've been very, very upsetting. Starting with CEH, he's yet to top eight rush attempts since Le'Veon Bell came to town. He put up 10.9 half PPR fantasy points last week because he caught that four-yard touchdown pass at the goal line. Otherwise, it would have been an atrocious day for CEH. And then you got Le'Veon Bell, who had four rush attempts, eight yards, a target. On that target, one reception for negative five yards. He's yet to top six points as a Kansas City Chief. Now they're heading into a bye week as well. It's just been a dreadful a dreadful last few weeks for this Kansas City backfield, which is odd. Typically, the Kansas City running back is a great play, but even combined, they wouldn't be putting up big numbers. Uh, it's just been the Patrick Mahomes show. And, yeah, I don't really know how to feel about this. All I know is that that backfield is certainly not looking quite as delicious as it once did. Yeah, um, I can't argue with you there. It pains me to say that, too, man, because CEH is my guy, and he's been good. Like, he's legitimately been good on a real-life, like, analytical level. But then they go and get Le'Veon Bell. Levin Bell's been bad. Like he's averaging less yards per carry than he did on the Jets. Yeah, Levin Bell has not been good. By any so means. he might just be washed. Anyway, my first stock June uh, is Robert Tunyon. Not so funyin with the Tunyon. Look, I'm not gonna lie. Like he was a. Top 12 option as a starter in fantasy these last few weeks, like just because the tight end position is so bad. But I didn't really get the hype. Like he had that explosion game, six catches, 98 yards, three touchdowns. It was cool. But then everyone was just acting like Robert Tunyon was a shoe in tight end one, like even this week. It's like, oh yeah, fire up Robert Tunyon. As an example, um, in our home league. I was trying to get Tyreek Hill from someone, and I was offering TJ Hawkinson as part of the package, and the dude didn't really care about that part of the deal because he had a Robert Tunyon. Yeah, exactly. I didn't really get it. Like, I just... Blew my mind. I don't know. Sometimes you just don't get things, and I don't get it. Like, Robert Tunyon's not that shoo-in guy. And now Alan Lazard is coming back, too. Alan Lazard's coming back, and Tunyon had one target last week, and I know the Packers didn't have to throw much. But in the last three weeks... He also he had one game with seven targets and then two and four. He's not really, really even a big part of the offense. If Unless he finds the end zone, he's toast. Basically. So, like, he's still in streaming range because Aaron Rodgers can throw him a touchdown any week, but stock's falling on Tunyon. Like, if you think he's just your tight end one and you're chilling, you're not. Yeah, I agree. At this point, you basically have to stream if Robert Tunyon is your tight end, which is unfortunate. Uh, my second stock falling, talk about a tight end that maybe you're going to have to stream over is someone I said, absolutely panic if another down week comes and he 
here we are once more. Mark Andrews. With his fifth game of eight games under five fantasy points. Jeez. Holy moly. This dude either scores a touchdown and saves himself or multiple touchdowns and saves himself. Or he is literally outside the top 20 tight ends. Five times this year, Mark Andrews has been outside the top 20 tight ends. That is absolutely atrocious. You paid high draft capital for it. And he's basically holding your team hostage because it's like, am I really going to go and pick up uh, Jimmy Graham or Darren Fells and start him over Mark Andrews? And you don't really want to do that because you know Mark Andrews has the potential to put up like 20 points as he's done twice this season. But then if he doesn't find the end zone, well, 19 points twice this season. But if he doesn't find the end zone, he's going to be outside the top 20 tight ends. He's basically holding your team hostage as the ultimate boomer bust tight end option. And it's a, uh, it's very upsetting. His stock is certainly down in my books. Yeah, man. The, uh, the most points he scored in half PPR in a game. He hasn't scored a touchdown is 4.7. Yeah. Disgusting. It's not good. And honestly, when the Ravens lead, Nick Boyle plays over him because he's the better blocker. So Mark Andrews become a better blocker, please. So you can play more. It's about it. That's all I got to say to you. Uh, yeah. My second stock falling. Uh, this one will be quick because you already mentioned Curtis Samuel. My stop f- stock falling is DJ Moore. Uh, just when it seemed like DJ Moore was taking a turn, back in weeks five through seven, he was the leading uh, receiver for Cal- Carolina. He had three touchdowns in a three-game span, three double-digit performances, one over 20 points. He was playing over Robbie Anderson. He gets a great matchup in week eight against Atlanta. Turns that into two for 55. And then goes up against Casey and only gets three targets. Again, only two catches, 18 yards. This coincides with the up-and-coming Curtis Samuel, the now almost every down player, considering Roberts is no longer on the team. Um, Robbie Anderson has been a mainstay, not the wide receiver one that he looked like early in the year or the high end two, but he's a solid wide receiver two, three. He continues to stay there. And McCaffrey and Mike Davis continue to see targets. And there's only so many targets to go around, especially when they're not worth that much. Shout out True Values. Don't shout out Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, So uh, DJ Moore is not someone who I see turning a corner this season. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, people think he had a good game against KC because it was close or whatever. His true value is actually going to drop after this past week against KC. So keep an eye on true value. But I agree, man. It's very upsetting for DJ Moore. But yeah, they just, how many mouths could they possibly feed? And Curtis Samuel is basically, he's kind of even jumped Robbie Anderson over these past two weeks combined. I don't want to go that far to say that. Yeah, it's like I still prefer Robbie Anderson moving forward, but it has not been good for DJ Moore by any means. Yeah, man. And then Who's lastly, last hit us. Stock has dramatically fallen. Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Melvin Gordon, this past week against Atlanta, the most upsetting thing, look, six rushes, 18 yards, one target, one catch, nine yards, eight rushes, and three targets for Philip Lindsay. Like, they were down at halftime by a decent margin, and they had to play comeback football, and Melvin Gordon still didn't get a lot of work through the air. Very upsetting. Um, he now has not topped 11 fantasy points since week four against the Jets. With Philip Lindsay healthy, Lindsay, they're basically splitting work right down the middle. Right when you think that 
Mel goes like the pass catching back. Philip Lindsay sees more targets. Philip Lindsay didn't have a reception, but he saw three targets to Melko's one. He has two good games coming up, so maybe he falls into the end zone and is a salvageable RB2. But man, he has been very, very upsetting, and his stock is certainly down. Yeah. I concur. That's all I have to say about that. My last stock down. Since this Hit is a me with your last game. stock down, Jason. And it's odd coming off a game where he scored a touchdown, but it's Todd Gurley. Uh, you should have... Todd Gurley I was considering putting on my stock down list as well, actually. Yeah, there you go. I mean, the only advice I can give is you should have considered listening to... Uh, reading our um, Buy Low, Sell High article. Please do so if you don't. Please check out our website. We have a lot of articles. Uh, they're good stuff. So um, check them out. They're nice, quick, fun reads. Uh, and Todd Gurley was a sell high candidate <clears throat> a few weeks ago and it's still on that train because he hasn't done much to hurt his stock yet but if you look at the last four weeks he only has one week over 12 and a half points and that is because he's basically finding the end zone somehow every week looking forward he has a bye week and then he has to play new orleans in two out of three weeks and he also has tampa bay during the playoffs he's becoming a touchdown dependent albeit rb2 like he's not a bad option these days he's going to give you around low double digit points but there are going to be games where he doesn't find the end zone and it really hurts you and his ceiling is definitely capped so uh with a bye week coming up indy and then not i'm not sorry i'm sorry not indy a bye week and then two of the next three games against new orleans who have been good on the ground um i'm all for trading todd Gurley if you need some w's yeah uh 100 agree with you there I, I it is a little frustrating like because you may sell high and then be like, the dude just keeps finding the end zone and ends up being good starts each week. There is a possibility that happens, but I'm sure you could get a decent return for Todd Gurley. Like, for example, Jason traded Todd Gurley for Keenan Allen, which I thought was a very solid trade. Yeah, and then what happened? Gurley found the end zone. He did good, but Keenan Allen did better. Keenan Allen did better. Abuya. That's it. There's no more. There's no more drops, man. What do I do? The, 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 that's all, folks. Yeah, that's all. Um, oh, I, I'm a bad host. I'm I'm gonna do it now. Shout out party belts, the official championship belt of Brodo Fantasy Football. I should have done this in the beginning, but I'm a noob on this Monday podcast. Um, party belts is an awesome website where you can customize your fantasy football belt, and I think I'm the first one to say this. Also, now they're coming out with loser belts. <laughs> Which might even be more fun than championship belts, people. You could get something with like a shit on it or with like a unicorn on it. So you can get one for OBJ. Uh, and dude, like what's what's better than a $30 little fun gag gift for the person who comes in last, who has to wear it to the draft next year, who has to wear it and walk down the street and get featured on ESPN or some shit. So party belts, use code Brodo for 15% off. You can get a customized belt. Um, for your championship or or a loser belt, really cool website. Check it out. And a really good guy behind the scenes. Also, Thrive Fantasy. If you go there and use code BROTO20, that's B-R-O-T-O-2-0, you can get a match from between $20 and $50 on your first deposit. They match whatever you put in. And it's DFS, uh, it's DFS prop betting. So it's a lot of fun. And they also have ones for primetime games. So if you're listening to this like right away and you want to get in before the primetime game, go for it. It's a lot of fun. And those are the words from our sponsors. Um, 
with that, you can read our stuff at brotofantasy.com. We release a lot of articles every day. Tomorrow we're going to have waivers. We're going to drop the waiver patron pod. We're going to drop true values. Wednesday we release the podcast. Thursday we release 20 facts you need to know for week X. Uh, Friday we release buy low, sell uh, Not buy low, sell high. Friday we release sleepers and busts. Monday, today, we're going to release buy low, sell high. There's always something churning out at the Broto Fantasy Factory. 100%. So check it out. Thanks for listening. If you want to support us even more and get the extra waiver podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash protofantasy. And honestly, that Discord is great. Um, this morning, Big Will hopped in and said, good morning. Uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Uh, Broto uh, Week 9 Recap Monday or something. It was a nice thing to wake up to. So shout out the people of the Discord. Y'all and Monday cool. Night Football on MSG. The Jets and the Patriots are not the best on TV. Not at all. Watch today's game is actually going to be OD better than last night's game, probably. In a in a turn of events, <laughs> I guess we'll see. All, all right, right. D- 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 that's all, folks. Later. Later.